Hello, welcome to the AI Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. Today's show, we have Stephen Oman. Stephen is the Director of Data Analytics at Travelport. Stephen, welcome to the show today. Hello, Mark, and thanks very much for having me on. Stephen, would you mind just giving me a little bit of an overview of background about your journey to now, and then we'll talk a little bit about your role at Travelport and some of the work that you're doing there. Sure. So uh, my interest in artificial intelligence goes right back to the 1980s. So I'm a, an old school software developer who learned uh, the original software development back on a home computer uh, in the 1980s. And uh, for a lot of your listeners, uh, this is pre-internet. So a lot of the ways that software was distributed at that time was uh, listings in magazines. And I came across a, a listing for this piece of software called Eliza. Now it's quite famous now, but at the time, of course, I was about 15 and I had no idea what I was getting into when I typed it into my home computer. And it turned out to be uh, an, a, an elementary AI program, which uh, you, could, you could talk to and it would talk back at you. And of course, I was completely hooked. I could not believe that you could with, uh, you know, build something like this with a, a, a couple of hundred lines of code. Um, and then when I went on to, to my education, I did a computer science degree in Trinity College, and I came across AI again as, a, as one of the modules. And then you, you think back to your childhood and you say, oh, that, that was interesting back then. It's still interesting now. And this, we're talking here in the, the early 90s. Um, and I, I, I was so interested in it, I went and I did a postgrad, uh, did a master's degree. And at the time, it was uh, a genetic algorithm. So this is pre uh, you know deep learning uh, so deep learning was was not on on the cards there was uh, an interest in neural networks at the time but um and there was a it was called connectionism uh, back then and uh but i i looked at genetic algorithms which were uh, a relatively new type of algorithm at the time and i applied it to uh routing problems so the traveling salesman being the the classic routing problem and it is funny now that I work in travel you know I realize how complex a lot of uh, those those routing problems are um so so I graduated with a master's degree back in in 97 and then went out to start looking for work so you you, you work in different places but I was lucky enough to work for changing worlds which was uh, a company spun out of UCD uh, founded by uh, professor Barry Smith and uh, his colleague Paul Cotter and it was focused on uh, delivering artificial intelligence solutions to mobile telco operators. And what it did at the time was it learned about the types of content that people were interested in and surfaced more of that type of content uh, to, to those users. And if you go back to the time if we were talking about the early 2000s, we're talking really rudimentary mobile internet here. It's nowhere near as sophisticated um, it's very much like um, it's all text-based and you have to scroll through menus and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it worked very, very well. And the company was very, very successful uh, in deploying that piece of software. I think at one point there were many tens of millions of people using it across the world. Of course, they had no idea. It was so baked into their, their user experience. Um, and then I arrived in, in Travelport more recently, and I've been here uh, five years working in Travelport. Stephen, thank you for that overview. Tell us a little bit about what Travelport does and your role within Travelport. 
Yeah, so so Travelport is essentially a worldwide travel retail platform. Um, and what it does is it connects the buyers and sellers of, of travel content. So let me just go, go into those terms a, a bit. So first of all, um, travel content is essentially anything that is used to, to service uh, travel. So that's a, an airline seat, a hotel room, you know, car hire, all that, that kind of thing. They're, they're considered to be pieces of content that, that people can buy. So on the seller side of that equation, we have uh, airlines, hotels, uh, people who do ground transportation, like car hire companies, Increasingly, rail as well is a, is an option, and um, coach transfers, all that kind of stuff that that people uh, sell uh, as, as as travel. And on the opposite side of that, we deal with the buyers of that content, and um, and the buyers are traditionally acting on behalf of somebody else. So they are uh, traditional travel agents that uh, um, a lot of people may be familiar with. Um, some online travel agents that they will be websites that that's, that sell travel. And also uh, a large market is uh, corporate booking agents. So large corporations would have an agency working within that, that company who manage the, the, the travel uh, on behalf of all of those people. So, so that's complicated as you can imagine because uh, the, uh, there are a lot of transactions that happen every single day um, so pre-COVID, we're talking, you know, billions of transactions a month uh, go, go through the platform. So it, it, it's quite large um, and it's also quite complex. Uh, what I do there is mainly focused on providing data analytics and, and data science for the product teams. So that's getting into uh, to, uh, product telemetry, uh, you know, telling them how the product uh, is working and so on. Tell us a little bit about the projects that you'd be working on, the kind of problems that you'd solve, and then the benefits or outcomes from solving those problems. Yeah. So uh, from what I've just said there, you can understand buying travel is actually quite complicated. Uh, that's, that's, so the products that we build to make that easier, obviously we want to look and, and, and see how they are working uh, at a very detailed level. So if you think about if you're trying to buy something and travel, you have to go through a shopping process first. So you got to look at the routing. Can I get from A to B? Uh, probably have to go through two different cities before I get to the third city. Um, you got to look at the availability along that route. And you also have to look at pricing. And, and that's only the shopping part. And not only that, but it's completely dynamic because not a, you're not the only person who's looking at that. Every time you do the search query, it might come back with different availability, different pricing, it's, it's, it's totally dynamic. And once you've decided on your itinerary, you gotta get into booking, okay? So you gotta book that. So all the different service providers along the way have to have to be, be told that yes, you want to book that. And then they have to issue the tickets and the settlement. So there's a lot of different uh, complexity to it. Um, I am uh, looking specifically at the product telemetry. So I, I'll give you an example of that. So uh, a product manager wants to understand uh, what's working in the product and what's not working in the product. Um, and we go through a specific process in order to make the, to help them do that. Um, so first of all, we got to get them to form a business question. Um, so what is it that they're actually trying to, 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 to look at within their product? Um, I also spend a bit of time trying to get them to understand how they're going to measure it. 
because ultimately uh, from a data perspective, we're coming at it from a qualitative perspective. So we're got, we got to count something or we got to uh, uh, compare certain things. So we want to find out what, what those measures are. Um, and then the third thing is we've got to get them to look at what success looks like from their perspective. So what's good and bad? Um, I'll give you an example of this. If, if you're trying to count users, right? So if, if we ha you have a thousand users from one organization and 10,000 from another, is that good or bad? And it's all relative. So that's why we try to get the performance indicators uh, nailed down. And then the last thing is, well, what's actionable about it? So if I go off and, and get my team to produce this data for you, exactly what's going to be done with it? Who's going to be able to, uh, to do something about it? Is it a leading indicator that you can action? Is it a lagging indicator that's going to tell you whether you actually did something that was worthwhile or not? Um, and so that, that's the focus of what my, my, my team does and, and, and how we deliver value into uh, to the product teams. So if we think of an example, and we were, we were talking on air before about where you'd be going onto the website and people would be looking uh, to contact uh, and there'd be a lot of phone calls made and you have to have people that man those phones, take a lot of different calls, which is a high amount of effort, where for a lot of the times it could be asking about very specific questions that could be easily provided the answers to without actually having a very high costing system. Could you maybe share as an example of that? Yes, it, it's a very good example. Um, and it, it, again, it comes back to the business uh, hypothesis that, that I mentioned uh, earlier on. Uh, one of the product managers uh, had done some uh, qualitative surveys of the, the users of the product. And one of the things that came back was, in particular, was that resetting passwords was annoying, difficult, uh, time-consuming. Um, and this is a, a bit strange to, to us because we provide that as a self-service option uh, through through uh, a portal for our customers, and you're right. Uh, we, we have to look at how are they, how are those customers doing that right now? And it turns out that a lot of them are not using the self service element. They are calling our call center now. Uh, Travelport's a worldwide organization, so you know it, it might be very simple for a call center agent to reset a password on behalf of a, a customer. But when you have many tens of thousands of customers, that, that truly uh, kind of ranks up uh, a lot of cost. Um, so from a telemetry perspective, uh, obviously the first thing we want to check is, does the service that we're providing actually work? So does it, does it work? Um, so we've got to investigate our telemetry, uh, collecting the data from within that, that portal system. Um, and we built up a model of, the different steps that the, 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 the customer has to go through in order to reset the password. And you model it as a funnel. Uh, you know, it's, so funnels are not, not only for sales funnels, but also used for, for any, anything that requires multiple steps. Um, we model that and when we, we investigate, I see where people are, are dropping out uh, along that funnel. Now, what was very clear very quickly was that there's a high rate of success in the funnel. So people who start the process of resetting the password actually get to the end successfully in a, a very, very high percentage of the cases. It's 96, 97% of time. So the first thing that tells us is that the actual self-service software works, works very well. So 
we now have to start investigating why are people not calling are not using that, but instead are calling the call center. And that could be a, a variety of reasons. Maybe they don't know that that uh, facility is there. Maybe they, uh, um, they, they find it easier just to pick up the phone. So uh, it, but what it does is it empowers the, uh, the product manager to now go off and carry out some action. So if you think about the steps that I mentioned earlier on, we went through the business question, we figured out how we were going to measure it, we knew what success looked like, and now there's an actual action out of out of running through that that telemetry. And then the product manager can now go off and, and actually action that and and, and see. Um, and of course, it's going to save money money ultimately by by getting people into the, the self service element. Yeah, what were you saying? Um, it could have saved between eight to ten thousand uh, costs. Mm-hmm. In, in calls yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so you take that into consideration and the customer experience is also improved because the customer wants to get to the results as fast as they possibly can and a lot of the time that is actually picking up the phone yeah. that's just sitting there on you know on your app or, or whatever it might be a desktop so, and, yeah. and finding the solution and then yeah. consequently <clears throat> the net promoter score it's, yeah. it's going to be higher yeah. and then other people can do higher level uh, type type of work. So it's, so it's a really nice example. And you're right. When people do think of funnels, mm-hmm. they think of sales. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so we, we have been successful. Like a, a lot of the processes that I mentioned before are multi-step processes, right? So you have to, you have to model them as a funnel and see where people are dropping out uh, along the way it's, it it is it's been very good in sales but it is also very good for other multi-step processes Stephen, my final question uh, the future of travel you know, we're 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 coming we look like we're coming out of this uh pandemic we we don't quite know when that will be but there's been really really good inroads made where do you see the, the travel industry going or what, what, are you, what changes are you noticing? Yeah, the, I think it's a really exciting time for uh, uh, data and artificial intelligence within, within travel. There's a huge range of possibilities. Um, a lot of it uh, will be around how to make it easier to shop. I, I mentioned that, that complicated process there is of uh, you know, multiple service providers, multiple itineraries, multiple routes. So, so if you're a, a traveler, how do you find that? I mean, if when we're booking travel ourselves as consumers, we know it is complicated. There's a lot of queries, a lot of uh, querying different airline sites and different hotels and so on. So ways of bringing that together and automating that uh, are, are going to be really, really interesting. I mean, even down to, you know, how uh, uh, hotels or uh, content is distributed. There are lots of different types of hotels. People like them in specific locations. They have price ranges. They like different styles of hotels, you know, whether it's a chain hotel or whether it's a boutique hotel. And then what else does the hotel offer besides a bed to sleep in, right? You know, does it have a spa? Does it have a nice restaurant? There's a load of different things that go into packaging up uh, hotels and how that's distributed out to, to, to buyers then is, is, is the real options. Um, so that, that's from the shopping perspective, but there's also from a booking perspective, right? So once I've decided, yes, that's the kind of product I want, how do I go and book that from multiple different people? So getting this to be more automated through 
either um, you know having chatbots do it or software agents, automate, uh, autonomous agents to carry out that booking um, is, is going to be really interesting. I, I remember a few years back, uh, Microsoft did a really interesting uh, um, a demonstration of this where they had Cortana uh, listen in on the conversations that people were having and then pop up with a help. Do you want me to go and book a hotel for you? I see that you're going off to uh, a particular place. And then the Cortana agent spoke to the hotel's agent um, and just worked everything out that you didn't have to, to, to think about it. So th there's a really, really cool uh, demonstration of, of what the technology could be like. Now, of course, there's a whole bunch of things to go through before you get to that to be a, a mass market. Um, and then there's also, the, I mean, the one that I, uh, really uh, I'm interested in as well is disruption handling. Now, I used to travel a lot when I was with Changing Worlds. In the travel industry, disruption means when something goes wrong, so a flight is delayed and there's a cascading effect, uh, you end up with huge queues at uh, uh, you know, the desk at the airport and you, you want to avoid that. Right? You know, that is a classic example of where an autonomous agent could just swoop in and ping everybody on their phone, say, don't worry, you know, just go and have a cup of coffee and the agent, the autonomous agent will look after rescheduling or booking you in a hotel if the flight is not until the next day. I mean, there's a huge range of, of, of possibilities here. Of course, it's all dependent on us getting our vaccines <laughs> rolled out and, and getting back onto to planes and, and traveling the world. Yeah, well, well, hopefully that won't be uh, not too far away. Stephen Oman, Director of Data Analytics at Travelport, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for having me on.